Uh, As we begin Advent today, this is your annual friendly reminder that despite what the stores and the TV and uh, virtually everything else has been telling you since the day after Halloween, uh, Advent is not the Christmas season. The season of Christmas is actually the 12 days following Christmas leading to Epiphany when we celebrate the visit of the Magi or the wise men. Advent, rather, is a season of waiting. It's a season of holy waiting. And this waiting is twofold. On the one hand, we wait as we journey to Bethlehem to witness Christ's birth in a manger. But on the other hand, we wait as we, as we look ahead to Christ's return as our eternal king. The first Sunday of Advent always leans toward the latter of these two waitings. It's, uh, it's a day that could be summed up well by the lighting of the candle of hope on our Advent wreath. We share in the hope of the prophets who foresaw Christ's birth as we await his return, when his kingdom is complete uh, finally. Our first lesson from Isaiah contains the powerful plea from the prophet in one of my favorite Advent passages of the plea for God to tear open the heavens and come down to be with us. Our second lesson is from Mark's Gospel, where we encounter Jesus soon before his arrest. And in this lesson, he teaches his disciples about the importance of keeping awake in the final days as they await the Son of Man. I invite you to listen now with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's Word together from the 13th chapter of Mark's Gospel, beginning with the 24th verse. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened. And the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near, at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware. Keep alert. For you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all. Keep awake. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. As we begin Advent, many of us come to church today on this first Sunday in a sort of peaceful, relaxed state. We're following the Thanksgiving holiday, and we're excited for this season as we prepare for Christmas with parades and shopping trips, our favorite Christmas traditions and songs and movies. I know I'm pretty excited to get to watch Elf and Christmas Vacation again for about the millionth time. 
Nonetheless, in accordance with our lectionary text, we begin our Advent journey this year not with pleasant images of angels singing Gloria, but with Christ's startling command, keep awake. I think this is a pretty odd command for us today uh, in the 21st century. You know, we live in an over-caffeinated, over-committed culture where most of us don't get enough sleep. To say the least, we tend not to have a whole lot of difficulty keeping awake. It seems like a particularly odd command, especially at this time of the year when our church calendar is in full swing, only to become busier and more hectic with additional Christmas programs. Exhibit A would just be to look at our bulletin to see all the extra things we have going on the next few weeks. We Presbyterians usually like to joke that we are the frozen chosen, but in this most wonderful time of the year, we seem to turn into, as one pastor has quipped, the defrosted exhausted. (laughs) And that's just in the church. I haven't even mentioned Christmas shopping yet, or the numerous holiday parties yet to plan, or the traveling that still needs to be arranged. It seems like a dose of chamomile tea or an afternoon nap or even a Sabbath retreat might be a more fitting pastoral treatment plan for the church at this time. Yet the gospel lesson we hear today is quite direct in telling us the need to keep awake. You know, Jesus' command to keep awake falls at a pretty interesting place in the gospel. On the first Sunday of Advent, we can rightly expect that our place in the biblical story might be, you know, before Jesus' birth. But this text falls just before the passion narrative, just before his arrest, near the end of Jesus' life and earthly ministry. Only a few verses later in chapter 14, Jesus will ask a few of his disciples to keep awake so he can go off to pray by himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. Those of you who know the story know what happens next. He returns to find his disciples asleep. He gives them one job to stay awake, and they can't even do that. So, understandably, he's quite upset, but probably not too surprised. They're like children trying so hard to keep awake on Christmas Eve in hopes of making that glorious Santa spotting, but soon find themselves asleep for the night. As they later say in their defense, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It seems we can often be like these disciples or children on Christmas Eve. We may not have a problem keeping physically awake. We have no trouble staying awake to our own agendas or to the rhythm of the uh, uh, season around us. But in our world today, and even in the church, we can have trouble keeping spiritually awake or keeping our attention focused on the coming Christ child. Pastor Lillian Daniel compares this to a family who recently bought a home next to train tracks. On moving day, they noticed the thundering noise the passing train would make, the horns and the whistles that would accompany it. In fact, they noticed the sound so much they thought the noise would keep them awake throughout the night. But over time, the sound became less roaring and less noticeable as they became more accustomed to their new surroundings, so much so that finally they became completely oblivious to its roaring sound. Like the people in this story, we too may no longer hear the sound of the train. After years of church attendance and participation, we're accustomed to the sights and sounds of Advent. 
as we await the coming of Christ, so much so that it is transformed to a subtle, dull murmur if we even hear it at all. Our busy schedules and our familiarity with the sights and sounds of the Advent season give us a tendency this time of year to fall into a form of spiritual autopilot. But this is a time in which Christ calls us to wake up, to wake up spiritually, emotionally, physically, that we might experience God breaking into the world around us. In our first lesson this morning from Isaiah, the prophet pleads for God to tear open the heavens, to come down that the mountains would quake at the presence of God. This is truly one of my favorite images in the whole Bible. This ancient image follows the Jewish thought that there was a definite boundary between heaven and earth, a boundary which provided a transcendent distance between the two distinct hemispheres of human and divine. In Genesis, you might remember it in the creation story as the firmament, the the waters that are separated, the waters below the earth and the waters above the earth. Mark, the gospel writer, uses this image to illustrate how Christ coming into the world destroys this barrier, making God's presence to us closer than ever before. I invite you to pay attention to this image this year as we follow Mark's gospel through the lectionary. Because for him, this image of God tearing through the heavens is the very image of the incarnation of God in Christ. It's an image he'll reflect at Jesus' baptism, at his transfiguration on the mountain, and finally at his death, as this boundary separating God from humanity is destroyed forever. On this first Sunday of Advent, the lectionary pairs this vivid image of God's coming to earth by tearing through the heavens with Christ's call for us to keep awake in Mark. The prophet is telling us that God's presence among us is not a subtle thing, but rather it's as if the heavens are being torn open for God to come down to be near to us. In other words, it's something that's hard to miss, or should be hard to miss. The reality of the heavens being torn apart doesn't seem like something we could sleep through. Nor does the sound of a roaring locomotive. But it happens. It happened way back when to the people to whom Isaiah was prophesying. It happened to Jesus' disciples as they fell asleep in Gethsemane. It seems it can happen to us as we fall asleep through the numerous ways God might show up in the midst of our broken world. This passage reminds us that Advent is a time to keep awake. To keep awake for God's presence in the world as we await Christ's return and the culmination of God's reign on earth. Keeping awake might sound like one more thing on an already overloaded to-do list, but keeping awake can actually help us be at peace. As we know that God's presence is never far off, but is always near. We have the peace that can come only from a God who in Christ is willing to tear through the heavens in order to draw near to us. Such peace will give us perspective on what's truly important in this season. So as we begin the season of Advent, even in the midst of holiday shopping sprees, overbooked calendars, and red-nosed reindeer, I invite you to keep awake. Keep awake for God in the world, for God's presence in the world around us, even in an overcrowded shopping mall or at your office holiday party. Keep awake so that we may never sleep through the train passing by in the night, 
or miss the instances where God tears through the heavens to draw near to us. Keep awake to God in the world, working through ministries of compassion and justice, helping those in need. Friends, tis the season. Tis the season to keep awake. To keep awake, to keep alert for God to show up in our broken world in the least likely of places to bring redemption and to restore hope. As we prepare to welcome the Christ child in the world, may we keep awake to the ways God is already at work in our midst, that we might participate and invite others along the way. Because as Jesus tells us, what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Amen.